Blog Talk Radio. Why do 
public entries look puzzled. He bulletproof in the club. Outside leaking in puddle. Patrol now, honey proof. Take a shout for the struggle. Pour some liquor for doggy. Pour a shout out for proof. Illustrated and demonstrated. These lyrics is clarified. You think he a He got some heart. He a testify. Tell him you and your mans. How you moving them grams? No Pastor Troy. We doing numbers. Call that Billy Graham. They infected with fake hustle. They moving that spam. Got the ham and the chicken. Got the in the kitchen. Washing pots in the dishes. Don't see the mission until they stuck in submission. Power moves the position. Autopilot on this. Intuition efficient. Jim Brown, not Chris. I'm in Virginia with this. Work, 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 work. Dancing out the pot. Chris Brown. It's all up on my. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. By the pocket. Chris Brown. I'm all up in your city with that Chris Brown. Stay strapped like CPL, nigga. I'm legal. Pop tops like Pringles. Whipping up in the Regal. Ain't a bean pop, I spit the truth like Seagull. I don't with them kitties with two. They ain't legal. Cashed out them hundreds for ones. I'm throwing singles. Strip club raining. Hurricane of Katrina. Wing maxed out. We stay platinum like Visa. Ball cheese like Cheetos. Running faster than cheetahs. Come show with the cheese. I'm Danny DeVito. Guns on the hip. They Calling me Max Payne, eyes turn red, I blank out like Max Payne. Work, 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 dancing out the pot. Chris Brown, Chris Brown. It's all up on my coat. Chris Brown, Chris Brown. Bitch, up out of pocket. Chris Brown, Chris Brown. I'm all up in your city with that Chris Brown. Fighting the fight of faith every day. 
Miss Tammy? Yes. Okay, go ahead. We can hear you now. Good evening. Yes, I can hear. Good evening. Can you all hear me? You all can hear me? I'm sorry. Can you all hear me? Different. Yes. Well, you know, it may not have been different, but I think 
I had kind of the best of both worlds. Now, growing mm-hmm. up, I grew up in a very strict Christian church of God in Christ household. So my mom was very, much, and she was on top of that separate wife. So my mom was very much so right wing. You do this, cover this. Yeah. Don't say that. Don't say this in public. Don't you know? Do this in public. Don't. So growing up, we had a clash at a particular time. I want to say around high school time because. She thought, or she expected me to be the leader in being a young woman to all mm-hmm. young people my age, especially to young, uh, other young women. And mm-hmm. that, that, I mean, that was a lot of responsibility. And they used to weigh on me, and we clashed at times. And I'm just, I'm just a regular person. I just want to be a regular person. But as right. I've gotten older, the thing I like the most about our relationship now because my mom is very open. And I don't know if that happened when she turned a certain age, but she's like the cool older person now in the church. I'm right. like, who? <laughs> I mean, I know she's cool with us and we, you know, we appreciate her, but yeah, I could never imagine some of the stuff that she d- discusses with younger women now. She would have mm-hmm. never, I just don't think she would have discussed when I was in school. Now, with my nieces, we were so close in age that. Okay. We shared a lot of things, so we learned a lot of things together. Now, I probably mentor them more now, but just with us being a few years apart, it was easy to listen mm-hmm. to them, let them be, let them have the outlet of asking me questions yeah. and and um, you know not feeling embarrassed or, not, or feeling like they couldn't talk to their to their mothers and my sisters. So, uh, a very <laughs> weird circle. Of life, mm-hmm. but now we're all pretty much, you know. There's nothing we won't talk about now. Uh, like I said, we Did all. Did your talk- mom tune in in that? Oh Did yeah. Your mom in the now. convos with you and the nieces and all that. Oh yeah. Now it's like every all of us. It's like I said, it's a big circle. We talk two or three times a day, and you know, from the raunchy jokes on Facebook to the to the prayer circle, we talk about right, it all right, now. Right. So it, it was good to see how full circle that has come. So only, you know, but it always is like that mother, daughter, like granddaughter, grandmother, auntie, niece, is something that's easier still than that mother, daughter relationship. And it's crazy. I know Miss Kimmy could probably speak to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, In in my house, I hear you say that your mom expects you to be that to the other girls, but my daughters, um, I never expected them to be that to anyone else, but I always expected me to be that to them. So when they grew up in the house, my house was usually the house where all their friends came and hung out uh, because they had more freedom to express themselves, you know, and to be who they were. I would always value who they were and uh, allow them to value who they were. Even as a young girl, I would I begin to talk to them about everything. Because when I was raised, you know, in, in my house, we didn't talk about nothing. So I made it my business to talk to my girls early about everything. Uh, I remember um, once when my, my, I got a letter uh, from my daughter. Well, it was a letter found. It was saying that I would always yell at my, my children. And I stopped in and began to have family confidence. So at an early age, we began to come to the table and talk. And I would always um, be honest you know, about me, my my shortcomings, my mistakes. I would always be that for them and to let them know it's, it's okay to make a mistake. But I never, um, now out in public, I, you know, respect yourself out in public, but I never charge them to be that for someone else. At least be it for yourself and let someone see it, but I never charge them to be that for someone else. But communication was the main thing in my in my house. My girls were able to say what they needed to say with respect uh, and, you know, and express themselves, and I allowed them to do that. And we do that even today. Uh, I believe that really made the relationship rich, uh, carried on and from little girls, you know, up until teenage. Because now when they, they were teenagers, they, they did rebel. You know, they, I guess everybody goes through that because they get to where they, okay, I know everything and mama don't know anything. But they did rebel, and we made it through even that. I kept communication open. That was the main thing for me. They could come to me with whatever, 
uh, it didn't matter. They could all, I would always keep it. Even able to build and one of my daughters left the house. And, but I still kept the line of communication open. You know, I never condemned them, you know, just, you know, cast them down. I always was there for them no matter what. So it was just a view to respect. I respect them even as little girls. Even up until now, their adulthood, we still have that respect and that circle, you know, that we can always come to each other, pray if we need to. They'll call me and say, Mom, I need you to put this on the top of the prayer list. And that's exactly what, yeah. I, you know, we pray about everything. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's good. I, um, what you just said a few moments ago, as far as always having that open communication and wanting, you know, to tell your girls to be who they were and be that kind of safe place for them and their friends, that was similar to kind of how I was raised. I was, there were only, it was just me and my brother, and I was my, I'm my mom's only daughter. So, and her relationship with her mother is not close at all. They have like the most treacherous of treacherous relationships (laughs) that a mother or daughter could possibly have. So instead of being that same type of mom, she poured everything into having that open communication, making sure I had a safe place, you know, someone to come and talk to. My mama didn't pull any punches or have any type of filter when it came to a question that we may have asked or something like that, you know, so um, she was very open about that with us. She always wanted us to know that she would rather us ask her and she tell us the truth, even if it was tough, than for us to ask our friends or someone who did not have love for us or our best interest at heart for them to lie to us and we'd be in some type of situation caught out here all crazy. So that's kind of how she parented us. And I love that about how I was raised. It caused me, I think, to be that type of parent with my girls. Um, I know my question was, what did I love and what did we what did we kind of change? Uh, the thing that I focus on with my girls is making sure that while they're a lady, they don't get, um, I want them to be ladies but I also want them to be empowered at all times in all spaces to use their voices. I think I don't, and now that I'm an adult, I don't always know if it was more me and that whole wanting to please my mom, or if it was that there was that type of um, encouragement to be big outside the house, but in here you respect what I say. We're going to have these conversations, but my word is my word. You know what I mean? There's always that flip of that. So I always wanted my children, and I always want my children, even now, to say what they have to say with respect, always. Like what Miss Tammy said, we're going to get it out, but you're going to respect me when you say it. I totally feel that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but I I never want my girls to feel like there's any space that they can't use their voice. And um, I think that 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 is something that our generation tells you know, we are wanting all of our girls, whether it be mentors or nieces, mm-hmm. nephews, you know, all girls, we want to use our voices and speak up, you know, yeah. regardless of whatever it is, speak up, you know, and I think it was really cool to hear you say that as well, Miss Tammy, that you always want to have your girls be able to say what they need to say and have that safe place with you. That was, Ms. That was very, very good. Now, Miss Tammy, I have a yeah. question. Okay. Uh, Cause this we know now this is one topic I know we, we kind of danced around it but one topic that mothers and daughters usually have a hard time talking about is sex. Mm-hmm. So was that I know you said y'all have y'all were very open and y'all communicated was that an easy conversation? Did they always were they always coming to you? Did y'all have the talk or was it still strain you know still a strain with you and your girl? Uh, you know, and I, and it was not a strain. Um, and I say this uh, when my daughter was, uh, she was sixth grade, and she came home and began to talk about when her friends couldn't go to school. And I was like, well, why she can't go to school? She said, well, she got a baby, mama. So at that point, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't strange at all. I had to bring it and bring it to them, you know, just like it was sex. And I gave mm-hmm. them an opportunity. Even to, I tell you this. It was so open until when my oldest daughter uh, actually began, actually made her mind up to go all the way. She actually came home and told me uh, that night, 
Wow. Yeah, men, you know, yes, she actually, but and, and she came and told me, and I was so glad because she came and said that she didn't. Now that that night that they went to the hotel, they didn't. But what I think I was grateful because now everything she told me, everything in me, I exploded on the inside, but she didn't see it. So yeah. you have to make sure that you don't explode because it'll shut them down, and you don't want to shut them down because they'll go tell somebody else. I feel like they'll go tell your enemy before they'll tell you anything, and you don't want that. You want them to come tell you everything, and she did. So that that night, that next morning, we got her. I said, okay, we got to go to – we talked about it, and I said, we're going to current planhood. We're going to go ahead and get you some, you know, protection. She thought maybe it was a trust issue, but I thought, no, it's not trust. It's a responsibility. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. responsible for your actions. So that's what we did, and so – she, we all, we kind of fussed about what she was going to use. She wanted to use a pill. I said, "Now you're going to use a shot because I don't want to hear you say you forgot a pill." Yeah. So that's how it was. It was really open in my house. Uh, <laughs> at the, it, it was really open. We talked about everything. Um, you know, I mean, we talked about it, and it was open for them. Even my baby daughter, because they have two daughters, they about four years apart. Even my baby daughter became sexually active. I went to her and asked her about her and her friend. And I said, when she when she said, well, mom, we use, you know, condoms. And I said, now here's what you're going to use. And she went and took the shot, too. So I'm grateful for that because if I had not, then they may would have had babies at home because I was a single mother. You know, so if I hadn't have brought it, you know, brought it out and let it be uh, open, then they would, maybe they made my, I don't know. I don't know what their choice would have been, but I know that was a choice for me I had to make. Not a trust issue, but a responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's good because. You know, as, as as much as we want to say it's common, that's definitely not common. I know mm-hmm. when our black black mothers and black daughters show enough. Mm-hmm. Just like, because when I was raised, my mom know they, they figured they put you on it. That made that gave you the license. They have, but you gonna right. have it anyway. That's why I told my girls, now you gonna have it because I have it. You gonna have it. It's just a matter of when you get to the point yeah. where you love your boyfriend enough that you are gonna go ahead and you know. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it was inevitable. They were going to do it. <laughs> so just a matter of being responsible about it. That's, to me, that's what it was to be responsible about it. Okay. You take that. You know. Totally. And then my, and my daughter, so my baby daughter was glad. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I said my baby daughter was glad that she, you know, she had the opportunity. Yeah, my glad that I went ahead. You know, and, and start taking a shot because, you know, and and I'm glad because now she's older and she 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 went all over the world. You know, she was a mm-hmm. flight attendant, went all over the world, and so she got was able to experience life before she got married and had kids. Because she's married now with three beautiful daughters. Mhm. Huh? But I give all I give all the glory to God because it was it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It was some rough times in there. You know, sometimes I had to go behind the go behind the door and cry, you know, and come back and still, you know, you know, but but I thank God because it was it was all him. You know, mm-hmm. leading the guy and giving me the wisdom how to raise them because they were all different. You know, it's not a one size fit all for children. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. But uh I was, you know. But yeah. And I love the relationship we have now because we all get together now. And uh you know, we uh, go shopping together. You know, we go some, some when we was all we all live in the same place. We all get up on Saturday morning, go out, shop for the day. You know, have a good time with each other. We still do it even now. You know, uh, my thing is, I always tell young mothers, raise, go, raise your children, raise, do be 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 the mother that you need to be. Raise them, raise them because those seeds you sow are going to come back, and you're going to have a great harvest. You know, you know. Sometimes it's not easy planting till the ground and planting seeds. And you know, some of them may not come up, but some of them will. And you'll reap a good harvest on the seed you sown in your children. So take the time. You know, as a young mother, take the time and raise them. You know, because uh, I had them young. You know, I wanted to go out and party, but now I took the time to raise them uh, as best I could. You know, and you know, so they could be because they should deserve a life. You know, they mm-hmm. And I wanted to raise them where they could be as responsible adults and take care of their own. Uh, yep. 
That's the goal. We got to have a question, Miss um, Tammy. And we yes, asked the fellas to submit their questions, and our guests, our, our listeners, to submit questions for us as well. So this is one that we have from them. Um, why does it seem uncommon for mothers and daughters to have close relationships during the teenage years? In your and opinion. That always, mm-hmm. Look, I believe, my, I think, I remember my daughter, she was getting to the point where she didn't know whether she was still wanting to be, She was, I think it was like maybe 12 or 13. And she didn't know whether she wanted to still be a little girl, twelve, or she wanted to be at uh, yeah, thirteen or fourteen. She wanted to go on and you know, with, you know, be, be thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. teenager. Yes, because she would be. I don't know why, but that age that they all they all you know, they rebel at that age somewhere in there, fourteen, fifteen, they rebel because at that point they I guess they begin to realize that see the world in a different way, you know, and they yeah. sometimes they think they they know it all and they but they don't. So they take that little bit that they think they know and they rise up against you. Mm-hmm. You know, they do. They really do. Because both of my girls rebelled, you know, and I just, you know, went through. But I, even though they did rebel because one left the house, I just kept them covered in prayer. And, uh, you know, I guess that's just something that gets in them at that t- at age. I wish I could say had an answer for it, but at that age they do. They get to where they think they know everything. You don't know it no more, Mama. I I, I know this little bit. I done learned a few things, you know, and I and I know, mm-hmm. but you don't know, you know, but you don't know. But they do rebel and uh, against you, and I guess that's just I guess they be trying to find some territory. But okay, you don't get territory until you can pay bills. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so until you can do that, you know, until you can do that, you don't have territory. This is my territory, and this what you know what I'm saying. This what goes on in this territory. So I guess that's where they be just trying to, you know, see where they fit. You know, because I remember. Oh, go ahead. Go right I just wanted to ask this before we get have to wrap it up, but I just wanted to go in for that same question. I'm and you marking your territory. I'm wondering if that is just since girls do mature faster, mm-hmm. or there, it said they would mature faster. I wonder if even though we're fourteen, fifteen, that our minds are really that of an adult. One, because that's when we start thinking we want to make our own decisions. We want to decide how to do our hair. We want to decide what clothes to wear. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that might be part of the push. That I agree with that. We just turn, that's when we turn to, um, yep. you know, to, to that mm-hmm. womanhood. And you just want to make your own decisions. And since mothers and daughters, mothers are usually spend so much time making the decisions for their daughters. Mm-hmm. As, as intimate as hair. Clothing, makeup, yeah. earrings, yeah. shoes, I, 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 I agree with that. So I'm wondering if that's just that natural push between uh-huh. between the two. I agree with that. I agree, I agree. with that. So I don't. I, I want my hair like this. I don't want like you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want. I don't want it done like you did because mine wore curls and they wanted perms. <laughs> you know, but I told them well, when you can, you know, get where you can get your do your perm, you can do it. And when they got when they, I when they were Freshmen in high school, okay, then you can get your firm because you can, you can take care of it then. But mm-hmm. before then, you're right. I agree with that, uh, Kelly. I agree. I agree with that. They just be trying to, uh, yeah, I, you've done enough, okay? Now I can, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to do this no more. I can do my own hair. I can pick my own clothes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. And me too. With my daughter being 12 going on 13, she'll be 13 in April. I absolutely agree. Um, we had the high-waisted jean conversation a few weeks ago <laughs> because she wanted to transition. Like, literally, we had a thing, and I initially told her, no, you don't need no damn high-waisted jeans, girl. Like, I, that was exactly what I told her. You don't need high-waisted jeans. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's got me in You know, I can't put her in that box like people are going to put her in that box. I can mm-hmm. teach her to be responsible in her dress, but I can't say I want an empowered young woman who makes decisions for herself, and I'm limiting her from high-waisted jeans. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yes, not yes. Mm-hmm. We can high-waisted jeans just within yes. reason. Or, yes. You know, they make them. That is true, and it's because okay. I had to think about that and think, girl, there's nothing wrong with that. You've asked her to tell you what she likes, and then as soon as you do, you're like, oh, no, you can't like that. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It sure do. You can't you want it, something. <laughs> you know, they we have to check ourselves as mothers and understand that they are figuring it out. But I mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I love that analogy that you gave just a moment ago, that example about how we mature faster. And I don't think we as mothers are yeah. willing to accept that maturity as quickly as others because these are our babies. You know what I'm saying? And they're our little <laughs> yeah. reflections. Yeah. So we want them to yeah. be as ready and as prepared for life as possible. That was mm-hmm. that is even with you not as, that was good girl. That was good. They like wearing their lipstick. I guess that's what we fear. And at that age when they do that, we realize okay, it's coming. You know, more is coming because they do get to that age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't give anything for the relationship we have now. And we've had, you know, the relationship all since they were little girls. Even now, if they're women, you know, it, 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 it is, it is, uh, it's, it's. I just enjoy it. I enjoy them. You know, we get together, it's something else. You know, because we laugh and have a good time. Yeah, I really enjoy it. We really enjoyed this uh, conversation, like, to the extreme. We're going to have to have yeah. you back, Miss Tampi, especially now we got our phone situation. We had you to be smooth sailing yes. the next round. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I enjoyed myself. It's a pleasure. I thank you for having me. You are so welcome. You'll be back. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Y'all yeah, do the same. Minute. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was good combo. Good, yeah. good combo. We'll have to keep.
Mother? Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Go ahead. Child, I thought I heard a smoke alarm. What's going on over there? <laughs> I couldn't hear nothing, child. All I heard was unmuted. And I said, well, I said to the nice white man recording that said unmuted, I don't know what I've been unmuted to because I don't hear a thing. I heard some music and then I hear nothing. <laughs> Q, I know you introduced me, girl. Did you do it good? Mother, go ahead. We can hear you. I had to call back in, child. I couldn't hear nothing. Now, what's going on with this frequency today? <laughs> Lord Jesus. Is everybody there? Where's, where's uh, Kirby Kitten, Kells, and Q? Y'all on the line? Say hello or something to me now. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, child. I couldn't hear nothing. I said, Q, I didn't hear your introduction because it went blank on me, did you? But I know you did good, didn't you, sugar? I did. I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> How y'all doing tonight? I tell you what, I must have a serious word the way these phone lines act. Somebody must gonna get a breakthrough in it. They they trying to shut me down. Is it Trump, y'all? It's forty five yeah. on the line. Are you on the line, sir? Tweet me if y'all. Tweet me if y'all, sir. Well, anyway, look, we're going to get on off into this because I don't know what's going on, but just in case I get cut off, I want somebody to hear what we're talking about tonight. I know you heard the topic, inevitable expiration. Are, we, are y'all with me on that? Now, some of y'all might be thinking about that gallon of milk that you get at the store with your lucky charms or whatever got a bad expiration date, but what I'm talking about here, inevitable expiration. This one today may not get a whole lot of laughs, y'all, because it's a real thing that I want to talk about tonight. We inevitably have an expiration date. We don't know the time, the place, the minute, the millisecond, nor the hour that our time is. And this is just real talk. Inevitable means you can't avoid that thing. That means it's going to happen. It's going to come. You can't stop it. I don't care how much money you got, how many degrees you got, what your credit score is, how many homes, cars, businesses, or finances that you have. The expiration date is inevitable. I don't care what your nationality is, what your religious belief is, if you're not spiritual, if you're atheist, whatever you are, we all have an inevitable expiration date. And you already know what expiration means. It means the end. It's over. It's done. So what Mother want to talk to y'all about tonight is a question. It's hypothetical, so don't everybody answer at once because I know y'all going to be ready to answer. What are you going to do in the time you have now between that inevitable expiration date that you cannot document when it is? You have to think about that. What are you going to do with the time that you have, an unknowing amount of time that you have for that inevitable expiration date? So what I'm hoping to reach out to you tonight and that you realize in these few minutes that I have is that we should be doing things that are fruitful because the time is unknown. I could be talking to you right now and fall flat out. And if I do, y'all, I got a winning Powerball ticket in my back pocket. Y'all make sure to get it over to little Ray Ray for me, okay? <laughs> but seriously, it's inevitable and we don't know when that time is. And because we don't know, we should be doing absolutely everything we can in our power to be living a productive life. So in those moments where you find yourself stressing and worrying about things you can't control, you know, that neighbor that you just – so mad they won't cut their grass and they keep parking that car in the driveway and you feel like they're making the quality of the neighborhood go down. You want to be bougie and they're making your neighborhood hood. And every day you're mad and you're over there venting and you're, you're making little calls about on them on the side and you're going over and saying mean things. Your expiration date could be coming at any time. You know it's inevitable. You don't know when it's going to be. Are you going to waste your time worrying about things like your neighbor? Even number 45, we make a joke about him in his lace front wig, and we know he's got a real bad complexion. But in all actuality, are you going to waste your time worrying about what somebody's doing that is not productive to your life? That if at this very moment your expiration date was called and your number was pulled, did you spend a good use of your time? 
See, it's really easy when we go, y'all ever been to a funeral service and you know when the minister's giving the word and he's trying to reach out to the people that don't know God or are lost and people falling out. And at that moment, you feel just kind of like back in the day when I, when I, was, when I was coming up. And y'all still with me, H. I want to make sure ain't nobody lost me because y'all lost me a little while ago. Y'all still there? We, we here. We got, we got you. All right. I'm just making sure now. I don't want to be look dropping these good seeds on no fallow ground. I want it to be fertile. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got to let me know because a little while ago I couldn't hear nothing. It's like totally blank. It's a good system you got, but I can't hear not even a breath. Y'all can breathe with me. Heavy breathing will help me, okay? <laughs> Act like you want to call when you was in junior high. Breathe real heavy for me. Like you went to the gym or something. Okay. So <laughs> so when I was coming up, we had a thing called a pot belly stove. Y'all might be too young to know about that. I know you probably cook with the microwave most of your days. But that pot belly stove, if you sat around it long enough, I don't care how cold you was or how far you was in it, if you was in the house, you're going to feel the heat from that pot belly stove. See, that's kind of the, the, kind of, kind of, kind of the same thing about this uh, inevitable expiration date. See, the energy that you have around you, you eventually going to catch on to that. If you get in the habit and the practice of focusing on negative things in the short time span, and it may not seem short, but if you think about it, 60, 70 years ain't really long when you start getting close to it. You know, mm-hmm. people younger than that are, are going at any time. Mm-hmm. So the energy that you're spending before that inevitable expiration date, you got to make sure that it's right. And just like that pot belly stove, if I'm around a negative energy all the time, what am I going to eventually do? My whole house is going to be filled with that negative energy. And by the house, I'm talking about your mind now and your heart and your body, that whole thing. And that foundation, fundamentally, you won't be ready when that expiration day comes. So when we go to that funeral service, and little Ray Ray, we'd have took him up to the altar and and, and and right after the funeral for them few days, like that pot belly stove, you're feeling real like I, I'm so grateful about my life. We done laid my uncle to rest. You done sat in the church and drank Hennessy on the fifth pew back with your sunglasses on and everything. And when death is close to us, we really think about doing better. But when death gets further away, further away from that date that we buried that loved one, we forget how valuable life is. True. Now, we'll go do pickets and rallies, and we'll boycott when we see young black men and other people getting shot and killed, but our own lives are not as important. It can't be, because if it is, why are we wasting so much time on things that are not fruitful for this inevitable expiration date that you got coming up? Mm-hmm. See, you'll put on a hoodie and you'll protest for a little boy that you don't even know because of the color of the skin, and you can relate, but you won't protest for yourself for the mess that you keep wallowing in, and you don't even know if you're going to expire tonight. What if we wrote on everybody's headstone what they was really about? And somebody said, oh, I'm sure go missing. And the headstone said, messy, troublemaker, backbiter, liar, cheater. <clears throat> on that inevitable expiration date. But what if it said peace, love, was a joy, was a light? Hmm. And you ain't got to be. Don't get me wrong. Everybody don't want to be an overachiever. Some folks could care less if they are Scrooge or if they are Sunshine. But if by chance you care anything about what you are doing with your life, no, your expiration date is inevitable. What you going to do with the time you got between now and then? Is you going to waste it away? Please don't waste it away and let social media get you in and out, up and down. See, it's a positive way you can use it, but we know a lot of negative is done with it too. What are we going to be doing for that inevitable expiration date? You going to be leveling up? Let me say that. I'm going to be leveling up. Right? Going to increase my faith, my family, and my finance. Y'all like that? Yeah, <laughs> Matter of fact, in Chicago, I'm going to do it August 8th through the 11th, 2019. Y'all better go to levelupchicago.com. That's a shameless plug because I want you to use what's left of your inevitable expiration date to good use. Level on up with that. Use that time. Okay? So that's all I really got for y'all tonight. Not a lot of laughs, but just some real talk. Every now and then, we got to get rid of the giggles and we got to be realistic. Because somebody needs to remember that. I got an inevitable expiration date. What am I doing with it? Am I just posting about it or am I living about it? Am I saying that I'm about peace and I'm really about stirring pots? Am I saying that I'm about love and I'm really radiating hate? What you going to do with your inevitable expiration date? i tell you what I'm going to do with mine, honey. I'm going to go in here and call uh, Deacon Brown and ask him to come have some prayer with me tonight. 
<laughs> and I pray that when he lays down tonight, they are holy. Because my expiration date inevitably is a lot closer than y'all young folks, okay now? <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to enjoy myself on the way out. <laughs> With some prayer. With some prayer. Okay. <laughs> I love y'all. Y'all know I do. I'll catch y'all next time, okay now? All right, all right, with Bishop, have him where they can get me on the air. You know I'm old now. I can't work all this technology. I need to get an assistant or something. So have an assistant for me next time. I'd like him to be about 29 and 6 foot plus, if you don't mind. I appreciate you. God bless y'all tonight. <laughs> Bye. Y'all have a good one, babies. Love y'all now. You too. Good night. Final thoughts, Jill. Let's go ahead and kick us off. Um, <coughs> excuse me. A good show tonight, even with our in and out um, <laughs> technology, technology, technical difficulties, man. <laughs> but I had a good time, like as always. Uh, thank you to Miss Tammy. Uh, y'all remember now, Curvy Kitten Fashion Show, May 19th. Get your tickets. People are people are buying tickets. So we're going to have a limited amount of space. So I urge you to go to www.curvykittens.com and get your tickets to the Curvy and Killing It Fashion Show. Don't want to miss it. Keep it low when you cut me to the floor Cause I don't wanna cry no tears Would you 